All Abilities Network Podcast. Now, here is your host, bilingual certified life coach, advocate, and the founder of All Abilities Network, Alvaro. Hi, and welcome to All Abilities Network. I am Alvaro. I'm very happy to be with you today. It's a little bit crazy here. Probably you're going to listen. Oh, we have construction set. We have a lot of wildfires here in Bogota, in Colombia. So I'm sorry about that. But you know what? It's life. So, yeah, we got to learn to live and smile always. And as a blind person, I always try to smile and say to people, smile. Do not complain. Just find solutions to your problems. Okay. So anyways, before I introduce our guest, I want to say thank you for people listening in the United States. We have listeners in Canada, in Australia, in Africa, in Europe, in Latin America. Okay. Our guest today, her name is very unique. Anessa Powell. She's the founder and CEO of All Ability Solutions. She's going to talk about her organization, her life, and I'm very excited to have her on. So thank you, Anessa, for being on the show. Oh, thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I say the same, Anessa. I always get excited. It's been more than 14 years doing interviews. Wow. You know, people say I have a journalist spirit. I say for sure, for sure. You know, Anessa, one of the persons I admire the most, and he is in heaven right now, but his name is or was, whatever you want to say it, Larry King. Larry King was yeah. <laughs> of Larry King Life. Yeah. I listened to, I don't know, thousands of interviews he did for, you know, Bill Clinton and Al Gore and Michael Jordan and um, um, Frank Sinatra and so many other people. And one interview that he did for our listeners, if you haven't listened to that interview, you should. I did an interview. I recorded that and I posted that um, some days ago um, at the time of this new recording that has been posted. And is with Michael Hinkson, the 9-11 blind survivor. Mm, oh, yes. my God. So, yeah, Larry King did an interview with him. That blew me away. And I said, I need to have that guy on. And so I had that guy on and it was very exciting. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, so for our listeners, go for that one. And well, Anessa, um, your your name is very nice and it's different than anything <laughs> I have heard before, I have to say. Um, Thank you. My pleasure. The first question I have for you is, can you tell us briefly about your life story? I will certainly try to keep it brief because, as most stories go, it's not always easy <laughs> to do that. Uh, but I will start. Let's see. I live in America for your listeners. So currently I'm living in Charlotte, North Carolina. However, I was born in Tennessee, in Clarksville, Tennessee. So I, I grew up there, and I'm my story has very interesting parts to it, but I will share the ones that have shaped me 
in where I am now. So when I was 10 years old, my dad was in a car accident. He was hit by a drunk driver and sustained a traumatic brain injury, a TBI. So that was a really scary time in our lives just because he wasn't expected to live or be uh, someone that was going to return to what he was doing before the accident. And his life was forever changed. Our lives were forever changed that night. And we learned very quickly what it meant to have one, a TBI, but also to have an invisible disability. So I share that because it kind of shaped where we are now or where I am now. So that was 10. And then flash forward many years later, graduated high school, went to college in uh, Auburn University in Alabama, graduated from there with a degree in hotel and restaurant management, which when I tell people that, they always are like, huh? I was like, yes, and clearly (laughs) I'm not doing that now. But I ended up working for Marriott International for many years after graduation in Atlanta, Georgia. So Mm -hmm. here we are in my third southern state. So pick a southern state. I probably lived in it. I loved working there. I was an event planner at a hotel in Atlanta and just really enjoyed that so much and met my husband and we got married. And then as things go, we decided to start a family. And for me, working 80 hours a week was not really conducive to raising a child. So I left Marriott to be a stay at home mom. We then moved to Charlotte, North Carolina, where we are now to for my husband's job. And a couple of years later, my son was born. So I have two children. I have a daughter who is now 18 and a son who's 15. And I've been married to my husband now over 20 years. But during after my son was born, I had every intention of going back to work full time. And that's when my health decided to take a sideways turn. I was going through many different, very interesting and random symptoms that were happening to me. And we could not figure out what was all the calls of all these really strange things I would have, um, just constant stomach aches and pains. I was, I was fighting off, you know, the kids would go to preschool and they'd bring home stuff like a cold even. And it would take me a month to get over a cold, whereas you're supposed to only have it for a week to 10 days and just various things that were leading up to, uh, eventually my body went into what we didn't know at the time, but we do know now was an adrenal crisis, And wound up in the hospital, was hospitalized, and it took them many days to finally figure out why my body was essentially shutting down and was very, very sick, almost in a coma because they were just trying to get to the bottom of it and they were having a hard time finding answers. But thankfully, I had an amazing team to figure it out. I'm one of the lucky ones because I was diagnosed with Addison's disease, which is known as primary adrenal insufficiency. It is when your adrenal glands stop working. And so it's not something they look for. It is a rare disease as classified as one. It's also classified as a rare autoimmune disease. And it's, uh, you know, when I was diagnosed, my life was forever changed. I finally had answers for all of the symptoms that I had been feeling, but also found my new passion of someone living with an invisible disability and figuring out what this new life is going to be. And so now fast forward, I was diagnosed in 2013. So here we are 11 years down the road and flash forward several years later when the pandemic hits and my husband and I were trying to really figure out what our next stop was going to be for us career wise. He had been in corporate America for over 20 years 
I was working, doing some freelance work with disability. I knew that that was my passion and knew that I wanted to continue along with advocacy work here on the state and national levels, speaking about invisible disabilities, about rare diseases. And we, it was very much a lightning bolt moment for us when we looked at each other one day and said, we're going to start a firm. We're going to start a recruiting firm. Initially, that's what we called it, uh, all ability recruiting, where we can help people with disabilities of all types and finding jobs and employment at all levels, not just entry level. We're talking everything from entry level all the way up to C-suite because there are many people with invisible invisible disabilities and visible disabilities that are just as worthy of being at the C-suite table and having that opportunity to share what that means and sharing their voice. So that's when we launched in June of 2021. And so we, when we launched, I know we're going to go into this later, but anyway, that's my story. So here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's fascinating to me. Employment for people with disabilities. That is fascinating. And I will have many questions for you, even more than I thought. Okay, good. But (laughs) yeah, but, but before I go into that, Okay, so that was the beginning, but then it becomes All Ability Solutions, right? Correct, yes. We just rebranded into All Ability Solutions. All right, so can you tell us what are the, because I have um, the belief that there there is a lot of different services. I mean, yes. so if you can like point us, what are those? Sure, so... To continue with the story and the evolution of here we are, uh, you know, when we launched, it was one of those things that, you know, you throw that big net out there and you don't know what you're going to catch. And so we quickly learned that businesses want to do the right things. They just don't oftentimes know where to begin when it comes to disability. And here in America, we have uh, the Americans with Disabilities Act, ADA, which yeah. is the overarching governance for us and for businesses throughout you know, the country Mm -hmm. and the guidelines for which they are supposed to follow. Now, we always say that the ADA is the floor, not the ceiling, and businesses can be doing so much more. So with that, they want to be able to employ people with disabilities, and they are already employing people with disabilities. They just don't know who they are because they're not asking those questions. So we learned that in order for us to really do it properly with our clients, we needed to have training pieces, training sessions where we have the the chance to get in front of HR teams, employees, managers, you name it, and really have a chance to go in depth into what even is disability. We start at the basics, disability 101, and we go all the way to culture and what that means for your business and your bottom line and why it is so important. So we started the trainings sessions and that was really successful for us because our clients really got a lot of value out of it and once they understood the importance of disability then they were more apt to understand why they need to hire people with disabilities and then they can pull from our candidate pool that we have in order to to continue and foster that growth so that was the second piece and then our clients would be like those training sessions were great so what do we do now what's our next step and that's when we launched the third piece or the the third sector to our business and that's the consulting so that's when we have a chance to get in depth into the entire employee life cycle from 
the interviewing stage, or actually from the application stage, beginning with is their website accessible? Is it user friendly for all types of disabilities? Can someone truly apply and not have to call a number or send an email saying I can't apply because it's not accessible to me? You know, just <laughs> using that as a basic example and right. going through you know, to the interview process. Are you ready for someone who is deaf that's going to be interviewing? Are you prepared for that? Is your staff prepared for that? Are you prepared for someone who's neurodivergent? You know, and, and having those sessions in order to train them properly. And then once they are hired, are they being supported? Providing them skills and tools to help foster that growth and that culture within their company and just continued support through that. So we like to call ourselves that one-stop shop for disability employment needs. Uh, you know, if you're looking for talent, we have the talent. If you're looking to learn more and really create that inclusive culture, we have the training sessions for that. You want to do an overhaul of your entire HR practices, we can help you with that too. You want us to assess your ADA practices, we can do that. So that's how we have evolved because we really feel like so much of what we do is education, and we want businesses to do it right from the beginning and not falter. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, many things, <laughs> so many things in my mind. Okay, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to ask um, little questions. They are sure. not little, not little, but then I will go deep into the employment because I have so many millions of things. Okay. Now, invisible disabilities. Uh, can you give us some examples for listeners? Well, the great, not when I say great, but, you know, when you're talking <laughs> about disability, 70%, over 70% are invisible or non-apparent. Some people uh -huh. have different preferences on what they, the terminology. But right. for me, I usually say invisible just because that's something that I've, I've, I'm comfortable with saying. But I do understand other people's points when they say, well, it's not invisible to me. And mm -hmm. I get that. But. Uh, you know, there are so many that fall under that category, one being autoimmune, which is something that I have. There are those that are hearing impaired, deaf, um, people with chronic illness. There are quite a few there. I can think like cystic fibrosis, MS, lupus, oh, you name right. that. All of those fall under that uh, invisible disability sect. All right. Um if I may, because I never heard about your your um, disability before, yeah. um, can you tell us how does it affect your life and how you deal with that? Because, you know, I always want to talk about solutions like your organization, right? right. So how do you handle whatever that happens to your body? In other words, how do you make it all right? Well, Addison's disease is, like I mentioned, it's when your adrenal glands stop yeah. working. And I didn't know, for someone that does not do math or science, uh, <laughs> I didn't even know I had adrenal glands. That just tells you how lost I was. So I had to do a lot of research into my disease and really understanding what it meant for me and my new life. And was I going to be able to live a normal life? Was I going to be able to be a, a, a mom, work, all of those things? And it really took years, several years of me you have to really be in tune with your body. So for Addison's disease, we have to replace what our adrenal glands produce, these two hormones, and we have to replace them with medicine. So I will tell you, I live by the clock. And what I mean that is I take medicine five times a day. 
-hmm. And I have to be very mindful of that. And with what your adrenal glands do is they produce cortisol and cortisol helps you fight off infection. And if you get excited or uh, scared or anything, your body, your adrenal glands are supposed to produce that cortisol. Well, mine does not do that. So Mm -hmm. I have to replace it with medicine. So for me, I have to be very mindful of my day-to-day life. I have to be mindful of being healthy and trying to stay healthy in a sense that for me, if I have a cold, just a general cold, I usually have to take more medicine to offset that and to fight it off. And it can be scary for us if we're not staying on top of our medicine regime. And there are protocols that we have to take based upon infections and whatnot. Uh, traveling, I always have to be very mindful that I know where the nearest hospital is because if I were to get, uh, say, food poisoning, go to a restaurant and have something bad and I end up throwing up, I immediately have to go to the hospital because uh, it's very dangerous for us for dehydration and we have to replace it with a an injectable steroid. And so that's the first thing that I do when I travel is I look up where the nearest hospital is just so I know. And it's it's the most interesting and confusing, I would say, uh, in a sense that a lot of people, well, most medical professionals don't know much about it. And there are many times when people with Addison's will present into an emergency room and they're asking for steroids and those it's it's a matter of life or death if we don't get those steroids steroids very quickly which is our medicine is a steroid to replace it very fast it can end very quickly and if medical professionals fight us on it it's it's a battle and it's scary and so that's why I'm always armed with not only uh, my emergency injection kit, but also a letter from my doctor showing it because sometimes you aren't able to speak. So you can just hand it to them to get that medicine quickly. So uh, I advocate, and that's one of the things that I'm very passionate about is getting the word out about my disease and being met with, to your point, what you were talking about for, before is being met with respect and grace. I'm not asking for a narcotic. I'm not asking for an opioid and I'm asking for a steroid that's right. going to save my life. And so uh, I'm very passionate about that. And that's why I um, advocate on the national level, just trying to make sure that people understand that the medicines that we need are life-saving and that it's, uh, you know, it may be rare, but there are actually more and more people getting diagnosed all the time with it. Well, I have to correct myself. These are not little, but big questions. <laughs> but, yeah, super big questions. Now, does technology help you? Does technology help me? Yeah. Uh, you know what? It could if the technology were to be created. And I say that because, say, for instance, <laughs> Um, I always try to explain to people who aren't as familiar with it. It's very similar to – not very similar, but it, it can be in just trying to explain our symptoms. So, for instance, it's all based upon our cortisol levels. People with diabetes have an at-home test that they can check their insulin levels. Right. We don't. We do not have a cortisol oh. test. So, for us, it's it's a guessing game. It's a constant constant guessing game of do I have a headache because my cortisol is low or do I have a headache because uh, it's springtime and, and I'm allergic uh, you know or does my stomach hurt because of what I just ate or does my stomach hurt because of, of my low cortisol does my back hurt because of that or did I hurt it when I was 
pulling weeds in the yard. You know, there's just so many different things. And that's really frustrating for us because we don't know what our levels are. It's a constant. And sometimes that gets patients into trouble because they don't guess correctly. And then they wind up in crisis and they wind up in the hospital very fast. It can change very quickly for us. Like, say, for instance, I remember what uh, this was several years ago. I had I thought broken my ankle walking the dog and I it was a night it was very late at night and I just went to bed and I said you know what let me just see how it is in the morning and I went to bed without taking more medicine because I was in pain and I did not and I woke up the next morning and I was heading very quickly into crisis and immediately had to uh, get medicine in me and that's when people who are not prepared that's the kind of stuff that sneaks up on you so the other thing is we have an emergency injection kit, and the emergency injection kit is a it's a, a vial and a syringe, and you have to put it together, and it takes a good five minutes to do that. And sometimes you don't have five minutes if you're very sick. Right. I am happy to say that there is a, a company that is putting together an auto-injector, which would oh. be like very similar to an EpiPen. Right. But in our country, through the FDA, it takes many, 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 many years to get that on the market. But yeah. they have They've been working on it for the past five years. It's getting there, and it's going to come. It's just we have to be patient. So stuff is changing, and, you know, I will say also the money isn't there. When I say that for the backing, because especially in endocrinology, that's where my doctors fall. It seems a lot of that goes more towards people with diabetes than they do with people with a rare disease, and that's always a challenge. But I I feel very confident that we're going to get there. Oh, for sure, for sure, Anissa. And now for our listeners, um, a question comes to mind and is precisely about the mind. <laughs> In other words, how important is your mindset when you have a disability? In your opinion, in my opinion, is very big. Yeah. I am blind and having the right attitude, the right mindset understanding where you want your mind to take you, not, I mean, you have to lead your mind, otherwise it's harder. Um, How do you deal with your mindset? Yeah, that is a great question. And I actually have a speaking engagement topic that I do on this. And that is, you have to grieve your old life in order to embrace your new one. Mm-hmm. And so many Addison's patients, so many of us are diagnosed as an adult. And so for me, there was no question as to embracing what this new life is going to be for me, because it means that I can live and I get to live as well as I put in the effort. Right. And and the mindset right. to your point and having the attitude. And for me, it was not a question of to, oh, no, I have this <laughs> rare disease and now I have to take medicine. No, it was like. Thank you, Lord. I have an answer for what is happening to me and I have medicine to help me live. And I really feel like people have to take time to process that. And I always encourage people to seek out mental health professionals and go see therapists and talk about it and work through what that new life is going to be for them. Because once you embrace it, it's just so worth it. And for me, it, I found my passion. I found what I truly love to do, and that's to help others with disabilities and help others understand, to your point, their worth and that they are worthy of of contributing 
to a work environment. They are worthy of making an income and being able to help the people behind you. I always feel like if you tell your story, you, you might be just you never know who that's going to impact. And then that might give them the courage to share their story. And then it goes on and on and on. For our listeners, I'm really enjoying this interview. I have to say this is um, actually the first interview I do in my life about other disabilities. This is something you didn't know, Vanessa, and I didn't know either. <laughs> it's, it's, now that I'm talking to you, I say, okay, first time. Yeah, first time. And I'm really enjoying it. I'm understanding so many things, Anessa, you know, and I wonder on a very bad day, what keeps you going? What is your rock in your life during tough times? Oh, that's definitely my, my family, without a doubt. You know, for me, <laughs> I, I am someone that has always been determined, focused. If I put my mind to it, I'm going to do that. And, you know, I, I won't sugarcoat it. There are some days that I don't have the energy and I have spent too much energy doing something else and I need a day to recover. And as a mom, I have always been trying to – I don't want my kids to see me as a sick mom, but at the end of the day, they know that I am somebody with uh, a rare disease. They were little when I was diagnosed. They were four and seven. And they remember mom being sick. They remember mom being in the hospital and – they know mom is not going to go climb Mount Kilimanjaro, but I'm going to be able to be there for them when they need me. And they're very aware of that. And and quite honestly, it's funny, you know, now that we started this business, they're so much aware to what disabilities are and, and, and the compassion and the mm. understanding and sharing with their friends about uh, disabilities of all types. And, and that to me is, is just phenomenal. And I went on a tangent there. Sorry. But anyway, it's my family. I, you know, they are my rock. There's my support. And uh, my husband especially has always just been so gracious and saying if you need to rest rest if you need to do this you do that because he knows what it means if mom goes down the whole family goes down <laughs> right but but anessa for our listeners you may not climb the kilimanjaro but you right. certainly are helping a lot of people achieve a lot of things and you have to feel very proud of what you're doing anessa oh, that's the reality you. because when i read your profile on linkedin in the website, I said, this company is doing very important things for people, as simple as that. So that's that's important to say. Now, okay, let's go into unemployment. Yeah. All right, so mm, I always talk to people about it, and people say, okay, 60%, 70%, you name it, everywhere. The United Kingdom, Canada, the U.S., yeah. Latin America, everybody has that problem. My right. question to you to begin this super powerful topic is what is or what are the causes of that unemployment among people with disabilities everywhere? I, well, I will tell you it has been for so many years and I'm, I really feel like the tide is turning, but it's been met with such – I hate to say it, but discrimination, ableism – all of mm -hmm. that uh, mm -hmm. for people's opinions about those with disabilities and not understanding mm -hmm. where and what the qualifications and the opportunities lie there. You know, people have always been seen, unfortunately, for their disability and not for them. 
and it's being able to break that barrier and that systemic just ableism that unfortunately is rampant. And that's why there are so many of us out there advocates talking about this is this is your preconceived notion of someone. And let's Mm. let's break that because Mm. you may see someone like yourself who is blind Mm. and think that they're not capable of running a software program for a company. Well, let me assure you that the technology has changed and they're going to blow you out of the water. So, you know, there's there's so much to that. And there's there's in certain countries, you know, it's a cultural thing. It's a caste system like in India that I can think of that they absolutely mm-hmm. it's, it's it's such a challenge. And also it was the stigma of thinking that people with disabilities can only do uh, hourly entry level jobs. And that is changing too, thankfully, that they are understanding that when I say to you disability employment, you're not immediately thinking of uh, a greeter at Walmart. That's an example we use sometimes here in this country. Yeah. Um, uh, that's not it at all. There's so much more to that. Now, let me see the other side of the coin. And is all right, yeah, um, discrimination, um People prejudge you, etc. But do you believe um, people with disabilities are doing enough to get employed? Or you say, yes, most do. But some people say, you know, I'm going to get, I don't know, I'm going to try to apply to 20 places. If I don't get that, I'm going to quit and I'm going to get my disability check every month or what have you. So, do we have to do more or or we are doing okay? You're talking about the disability community in general. Yes. You know, here's the thing. The disability community is vast. And I always say that when you've met one person with a disability, you've met one person with a disability. No two are alike and everybody has their own different experiences and, and, and lived experiences. And yes. Our candidate pool, those are the ones that uh, reach out to us and say they're looking for the next opportunity. That is vast. And everyone has a different story that they bring when we talk to them about their road to employment or their lack of road to employment. And it just depends. And I, mm-hmm. I can't say that there's a whole group of them saying, oh, we can't get a job. And then there's another group saying, oh, but we're trying to do this. And it, everyone is different because everyone has also a different experience and also qualifications and skill sets, right? True. I will say that in this country, though, that the system for disability to collect disability checks, as you say, it it doesn't make it easy for people mm-hmm. to get full-time employment mm-hmm. because they are reliant upon that to get their foot in right. the door. They're relying <laughs> on that to have the money to survive in order to get right. a job, but they cap it at a certain amount and they cap it at certain hours. Right. And I joke that you have to have a degree in calculus in order to figure that out <laughs> because it is so hard. <laughs> you can do it. You can overcome it, but it's they don't make it easy for our candidates to do that, which is very frustrating. Like They can only work 20 hours when they really need to work 30, but they can't work over 20 because of, their, of the amount that they get. And to me, our, the system is broken and it needs to be addressed in order to encourage people to really want to who want to work full time, have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
the pandemic in all of its faults, and it was horrible in so many ways. However, the one thing that came out of it is that businesses recognize that employees can do their jobs from home, certain jobs, right, right, and do it well. And that's when so many people with disabilities were able to get employment because they were like, yes, they see me, understand that I can do this, and they're, I'm going to do a great job. Here's what's happening now, unfortunately, is that so many are starting to put those office mandates back in person, and they're forgetting that employees can do their jobs from home, and they're not entertaining that thought anymore, which is frustrating because now the, I think the numbers are going to start dropping more dramatically than they have been for employment of those with disabilities. And that's frustrating because I have so many in our, ca- our candidate pool they have to work remotely. They have to based upon their disability and they are being overlooked because they can't go in the office. And so I just that's what we tell our clients when we work with them and we consult with them is don't lose sight of that because you are going to miss out on talent. If you say you're committed to this, you say you're committed to fostering disability and then don't put that hard line in the sand and say that you have to be in the office if this is a job that can really be done from home. Great point. Now, it comes to mind, is there any group of people with disabilities, a certain disability per se, or a certain group of disabilities that are harder to find them a job than others? In other words, blind people, it's hard to find work, but maybe it's mm-hmm. easier than someone who is deaf, blind, mm-hmm. or someone who is deaf, etc. What do you say about what's the good ones to get a job, the easiest ones, and the hardest. Oh, you're opening up a can of worms with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think if you ask one, like if you were to ask uh, our deaf and hard of hearing friends, they would say them. I think if you were to ask our neurodivergent friends, they would say them. I, it okay. just depends. Um, right. <laughs> you know, you re- I, <laughs> there are... Oh, my goodness. Just it's every business is different. And I think so (laughs) much of disability and the understanding that comes with the employment piece, it comes with with the personal experience. And when I say that is, for instance, I've worked with clients and they're very passionate about people with autism and they're passionate about neurodivergence. And that's because it's personal to them because they have a child with it and they have. a family member with it. So that's where they're going to concentrate on, right? And then you can go to another company and you can say, we are committed to hiring people who are deaf and hard of hearing. And you find out it's because their sister is deaf or hard of hearing. And so I find that it's when it's a personal touch, that's what people seem to, I mean, it just is common sense. It's human nature. You're going to care about things that are personal to you. And it just depends. It depends on who's working in your company and who's going to lead that charge. And, you know, I will say, though, the IDD, which is the intellectual and developmental disability portion, those are probably the ones that are, are I know, that are the most underemployed mm. because of varying degrees. But in, in, in what can be considered maybe their limitations, and I don't like to use that word, but that's what people use oftentimes when it comes yeah. to employing those with IDD yeah. and um, understanding and creating the environment that's going to f- to help support them. It takes a little bit extra effort and work, but it is so worth it because 
the numbers show in the IDD population that if, if someone who is employed, they are going to be, one, they're not going anywhere. They are going to be there because they are, are, are supported in an environment where they can come to work and feel that they are contributing. And they're, you're going to have this employee forever and at most times. And it's just a rewarding thing. But I will say that probably in my mind, just here, that IDD is probably the one that um, is the most challenging for businesses to to start to recognize an employee. Now, another hot topic, education. Okay, now, huh. let's talk about myself, for example, for our listeners. Most people don't know that I didn't go to college. I, I, I didn't. And I learned English on my own. I didn't. Wow, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. But everything is possible. And, and, and that's what I try to say, Anessa, you know, yeah. because yes. so people who didn't go to college, people who have poor computer skills, yeah. yeah, they are listening right now and they say, OK, I love what Anessa is doing. I want to get a job. Right. Maybe they live in Louisiana. They live in Florida. They live in California. What should they do? Can you give them some hope? Well, you know, the first and foremost is by them asking the question, that's the first step, which is fantastic. And start soaking up resources such as this podcast and listening to what other people say. There absolutely is. And there are opportunities out there. The beauty of technology now, even if you have a slow working computer, you still have the opportunity to get on there and have a chance to read all of the free resources online. I always suggest people start with LinkedIn. LinkedIn, which is where you found me, is such a phenomenal tool. They have amazing courses that are free on there for you to read whatever your interest is to start learning. And and it's vast as 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 it can be and what's out there, but also start following people that are in the areas that you want to learn more about. There are a lot of people out there talking and resources that they'll just do posts and you can just soak it up. I learn daily on that site from so many other advocates and people in this disability employment area of what's what's the latest trends and the hot topics. And then once you have that better understanding, then you need to start having a presence yourself on there as well and have a profile, have, start making comments, start start doing posts about it so you can start sharing your knowledge, but also start, soak up that information as well. And they usually, a lot of times, people who are leaders in their certain areas, they'll give you free resources to follow that and to help kind of just create uh, your better understanding for that. And you be, might be surprised at where it will lead you. Let me tell you, I have a degree in hotel restaurant management, right? And this is right. not anything what I'm doing now, nothing. And people That's ask true. me, they're like, well, do you, are you a recruiter? Have, <laughs> do you have a recruiting background? I'm like, no, I just know passion and I know that I've been interviewing for jobs before and I know what not to do, let me assure you. And so here we are. And I know that if you are interviewing for a job, that it's the number one thing to you. So it's going to be the number one thing for me. And just learned and soaked up over the years of how to network, how to meet other people through 
just you name it. Like I've started with the rare disease area. Then I went into patient advocacy and meeting people. And now I'm in this whole disability arena now and meeting other disability people, advocates, um, employers, people who are just working for various companies and, and are just compassionate to what this means. It just, it takes a while, but it, if you just keep at it and you just are committed to it, you might just be shocked how fast it will grow. And once people recognize you in your name, then they're going to be more apt to support you when you're looking for a job and putting yourself out there and they can recommend you. Uh, I, there are so many people I see on LinkedIn who get jobs just because somebody mentioned their name. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Right, right. Now, do you know statistics of people with disabilities prefer a certain kind of job like customer service, public relations, I don't know, or, or is just spread out that they like everything? <laughs> <laughs> everything. You know, our candidates that we have, I mean, you name it, you pick an industry, you pick a level, they are interested in that or you know, want a job in that particular field. It just it, everyone is different. They're, everyone is unique, and that's what I say. No two are alike. No disability is alike, and no person is alike with their skills and what they can bring uh, to a company. This um, this question um, that I'm going to ask is something that a friend of mine told me. He's from New York. His name is Marco. Probably he will listen to this one. Um, and, and Marco said to me like a year ago, why should I find a job related to disabilities or accessibility? Why, because I am blind, should I work in the field of disability per se? Why can I not apply to Bank of America or McDonald's or Coca-Cola or IBM or Apple doing anything that might or might not be related to disability. He said, I don't understand why in the United States, many agencies, when you go there and say, I need a job, they say, okay, in accessibility, you have no stop. I don't want that. I can do huh. everything too. So I would like to work at a car dealers or maybe at a burger shop, uh, anywhere I want to, because I'm a human being first. Yes. What do you say, Anessa? Well, quite honestly, that's an interesting perspective. I have not encountered that. I, you know, when, okay. we, when we present our <laughs> candidates for jobs, for instance, I'll say, you know, we had, we filled, um, an executive job and it was for a COO role, a chief operating officer, and it was not in the world of disability. It was just, this is what we have. And we are committed to hiring those with disabilities. And we always say, we want you to hire the best person for the job that just happens to have a disability. And our candidate just happened to be that. So that's not our vision here within all ability solutions. We, we say you you want to be a mechanic, you can be a mechanic. You don't have to be a disabled mechanic in that title. No, you can just be a mechanic. Or if you want to be a chief financial officer, you can be a chief financial officer for a major banking institution that just happens to have a disability. If you want to mm -hmm. be a server in a restaurant, you can be a server in a restaurant. You know, there's just, 
I haven't found that. I will say, though, and it's interesting, those with disabilities, you end up sometimes you end up being in this space, such as myself, because you are passionate about changing the way the world views right. disability. Right. So that's well, I can see where his point is. But at the same time, um, you know, so many of us find ourselves in this space because we know what it means to start sharing the knowledge and to change lives and to change minds. And I'm case in point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so before your final thoughts, I have a question that um, I'm sure no one has asked you before. Um, okay. And is this. Um, for professionals outside the United States, um, I have so many people I know, Vanessa, that tells me, I have this college degree, I know how to speak English, this and that and the other, and no one is interested in hiring me in my country. And when I try to find jobs internationally, in the UK, in Canada, in the United States, they say nah because you are not a citizen of this country. Right. And the question that arises to me, Anessa, for our listeners, and I want to start a conversation about that topic is everybody talks about inclusion. Everybody talks about equality. Everybody talks about equal opportunities. But when you say to someone that doesn't live in a first world country, Nah, you cannot work for us. I say, yeah, really? Where is equality? Where is equal opportunities? If people have certain skills that you guys could use, why not give them a chance? And what I'm trying to say, Anessa, is for our listeners, why don't you guys don't have an online kind of job, job website for international professionals with disabilities, mm -hmm. because you would have also good people there. I know Anessa can be thinking, yeah, but we have 70% of people with disabilities in our country without a job. I say, granted, but you also have people who make work and they decide not to, and you know it because it happens. Yeah, few, but it can happen. And you may have people from, I don't know, you were talking about India, people from Argentina, Mexico, Italy, Spain, what have you. They would like a shot at being hired for an online job opportunity with Bank of America, even with your, your organization. Why not give them a chance? Why is there not a program for international professionals? And I'm going to tell you something. I sent a message to a big organization in New York City, and I'm going to say the name. I have no problem with that. Visions. Uh, I have been in Visions when I went to New York. I have been in New York many times. Once I went there, good people and everything, but they invited me to a webinar online. And I say to the employment guy, do you have any opportunities for international job seekers who are blind? And he said, no, not really. Uh, let me look at it. Has been two years and he has not sent me a reply. So I do understand the, the term equality, inclusion. But if you really mean it, you have to say 
global inclusion. Because if you say inclusion, oh yeah, people in the US can profit from it. In the UK, in Canada, in countries where you guys have more opportunities. Mm-hmm. But in countries like Eastern Europe, many people say, what about me? I could bring a lot to the table. Not only have a disability, I have an international perspective. And I would do anything to find a job anywhere online. I'm not asking for an international visa. I know, Anessa, how complicated that is. Yeah, I was Which, just going to say that's beyond by even Roman knowledge. But that's that. Yeah, I know. I, guess a I know. Yeah. But getting an internship, let's say yeah. uh, an unpaid internship online with any organization in the U.S. for someone who deserves an opportunity because equality means that. Equality means that. And we need to be able to compete with each other at the same level. If I'm blind, but I have a better skill in communicating than someone in Oklahoma, okay, the Oklahoma guy may be great, but if I have something that he is not able to to give the organization, they should touch, you know, they would say, okay, let's go for Alvaro. Alvaro lives outside the United States. He's not asking for a visa, blah, blah, blah. But here asking for something that you said before, Anessa, working online. I want your opinion on that. I'm sure nobody has asked you that. But I, that, that, in my opinion, that is fairness in the game of finding employment and equality. And I'm going to, I have an article that I wrote together with, with someone that worked with me in New York. And she said, this is a very interesting topic. It is. Because Words are beautiful, but actions are better. And I say to people, erase equality, global equality. We all are human beings. We all have something to give to others. Let me, let me finish with this. For our listeners, let's go back to 2014. I received an email from someone that says, hello, Alvaro, I know you are blind. I know that you um, you didn't go to college, whatever. I like you. I don't care. I like you because of who you are and what you do and what you're able to do. I would like your kind of skills in my organization. I am in the United States. If that person, Anessa, was able to choose me, understanding the problem of unemployment in the U.S. because I'm a Latino, I can speak Spanish, English, etc. Mm-hmm. And I have worked for so many years in the health industry in Colombia. So if she did that, and she was very courageous of doing that, and I'm sure probably Lou, that was a co-worker with me, is listening to this interview, she will be saying, yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. I mean, don't, don't put a nationality to people for crying out loud. Let's put the heart before everything else. I know Anessa is going to say, yeah, I understand your point, but you also have to understand many other... I know, I know. But <laughs> I'm talking from the heart, Anessa, yeah. of someone who sees every day people asking me, okay, where do I find a job in the first country world? I mean, I would like to get paid more than in India, than in Colombia, than in Mexico, than in Argentina, right. than in Sweden. 
But I cannot do that because nobody gives me the opportunity because there is not an international program of doing that. So are we asking for a lot, Anessa? I think you pretty much answered it for yourself there. No, and I think that your next podcast should be dedicated to this. (laughs) (laughs) I think you have found your new mission. And what you need to focus on, because, no, I don't think that you're asking that, you know, to your point. When you're talking about work visas and all of that, it does get very complicated and it's not something that small size businesses are prepared to tackle. However, if you're saying, look, no, we don't want that. We just want an opportunity to contribute from here remotely. Uh Uh, You're not asking for the moon. No, you're absolutely not. And it's probably, you know. Here in this country, I would say the disability employment movement is about 20 years behind uh, hiring people of color and hiring women. And people are finally starting in businesses, corporations, you name it, are finally recognizing that disability is the largest minority group in the world. And it's intersectional. And what I mean by that is it touches all other minority groups. So when you say you're committed to hiring people, women, you're saying you're hiring people of color or you're hiring people LGBTQ mm-hmm. there. It's it you have disability in all of those. And so businesses are like, oh, yeah, we should really start talking about that if we say that we're going to be inclusive. Mm-hmm. That now is starting to catch up. And my hope and my goal for you to your point is that that can be an international goal right and so Mm -hmm. everything can come to fruition and what we envision it's it always takes time as everything in this world is hurry up and wait yeah Yeah. (laughs) Uh, hurry up and wait and so um, I think by you speaking out on it and this platform is going to help with that I got very passionate about this I hope our Listeners can understand that, but exactly. I, I really, I really have um, a lot of people, and 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 for instance, in in Argentina, um, many people say, I I work so hard, I study so hard to get my degree, I know how to speak English, I send many uh, emails to people in the United Kingdom or in Canada or in the UK or anywhere else that is a developed country. And the answer is always, no, we are not ready for that. And I wonder, is it that fair? So, yeah, I I wanted to touch that. Um, Now I know that I'm going to do many more talks about this for sure. Um, But thank you for being so open to discuss everything because, yeah, this is a very exciting new time for people with disabilities because the ADA technology. There's a lot of things that are happening good for us. That's the reality for our listeners. You know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm complaining about I'm just saying always we can get better. But yes, certainly we are getting somewhere. And I like something that you said be, well many things you said before Anessa, but <laughs> you mentioned something about you have to be visible and you need to speak for yourself. And as a person with a disability, I think we need to push others to do the same. We need our voices more heard. And you can start your own blog. You can be a YouTuber. Uh, you can do your podcast. You can do whatever. But any talent, any skill, 
any ability, you have to show it if you want to get hired. It's not only about getting resumes to organizations. Do more than that. You know, be more creative. That's yeah. going to help you. And be proud, happy, and excited about what you're going to do for others. That's going to help you a million times. All right. Uh, your final thoughts, Anissa. Oh, my final thoughts. Well, put me on the spot here. Uh, this has been lovely. Thank you so much. Uh, my pleasure. No, I, I think that having these conversations is so important as to, especially since you have a worldwide audience that would be listening, is that I feel very confident and positive when we think about the future of disability employment. I, I really believe that in my heart that the tide is turning. You've got some really strong advocates such as myself out there just shouting from the rooftops and, and continuing to reiterate over and over again uh, through various outlets as to why this is important, why we need to talk about it, and why companies need to invest in it. So uh, it, it, to your point, this is a good time. And stay tuned to see what the future holds. I totally agree, Anessa. And if people want to find out more about what you do, your organization, etc. How can they do that? You can find us at allabilitysolutions.com. We are, that's our website. We're also on Instagram, LinkedIn, All Ability Solutions as well. And then as me on LinkedIn as well, I live there as I like to joke. Uh, Anessa <laughs> Powell uh, there as well. And just follow along. I try to really just share just different articles and information, uh, continuing that effort to educate others on the importance of this. Wonderful work you are doing, Anessa. Thank you. And I'm very happy I had you on my show, and I'm very, oh, my God, I, I got passionate about this. Huh? <laughs> I love it. This is life. This is living because is. Other, other people are very passive and, nah, I'm not like that. I'm proactive. I, I'm aggressive yeah. about getting things done because if you don't do that you don't get anything done my friend that's the truth yes Anessa, thank you so much and please stay safe and stay always optimistic very important oh, thank you so appreciate it my pleasure and for our listeners i want to say remember to smile listen and share this subscribe to this is available on apple podcast on spotify on anchor And well, I'm very happy. What can I say? So this is Alvaro from All Abilities Network saying good night.